Skip to two minutes to avoid the intro. The ordinary people, my lord, would most readily lay down their lives in defence of your realm. It is simply that, being ordinary, they would prefer to be asked and not told. You know not the ways of this nation, Mr. Art, and such things do not happen here. Reasonable talk, and I will not have it in my house. This war will not be won with untrained plowmen, apprentices, old decaying serving men. We need men with fire in their bowels who fear the Lord but not the enemy. And make the name of England the noblest in all Christendom. Parliament no longer truly represents the people of this nation, sir. I represent the army, sir. And the army is the heart and conscience of the people. I have always desired, above my life, a free parliament, sitting by the authority of the good people of this nation. A parliament open and visible to be seen by all men. Start off with this. This is the bit you want me to get. <laughs> this is that now. I would prefer the devil himself. The king's face! Oh, it's fantastic. Any action against any member of this house is a breach of privilege. I further move that any such action against the And then the SNP used this privilege to clap in the House of Commons. Against this nation. Oh, right, oh, this the, 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 the king can't be guilty of treason. But let's move on anyway. All right, let's make sure this is set up and. Oh, ready. you're good to go. Yeah, that yeah, looks like it's looks good to me. Right, so um, part two. Part two. Welcome to the second episode of um, the right pair of Burks. Apparently, um, we've actually had some listeners. <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't believe <laughs> I it. Don't either, believe it. As it currently stands on the what is it today? What's the date today? I don't oh, know. fuck knows. It's the thirteenth uh, of, of May. We've actually had seventy listeners, which I'm not actually sure where they've come from, Pete. I mean, uh, last time we spoke of. Um, a million greens only voting for them because of a, a drug addled binge I think they're probably most of our listenership aren't they there's at least 73 <laughs> drug addled binges this is our fucking podcast <laughs> yeah fair enough anyway but, but, but today we must keep it down because three hours is too much for anyone to, to well, behave with so I think we're looking to 45 minutes for an hour 45 minutes for an hour although we are we have we're now in bottle of wine number two Casa Liano Unfortunately, this is not very patriotic today. We're, no, in, the, we, we're in the dirty I, new well. I, 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 well, I, I need to speak to the, the listeners and let know that I accidentally went new world. I was out for lunch with my very good family this uh, this afternoon, and uh, I accidentally bought a bottle of chilli, and then a second, and then a third. So we're now, we're now quite um, 
well-oiled, I would Lubri- say. Lubricated. Lubricated. Um, but we've got a much shorter itinerary than last time. We need to get through it. We need to get through it. We need to get through it. We've even got a time at this time. So we actually... We had a time last time. We So anyway, last time, I think we were we were quite um, verbose because we had to kind of lay out our stall, I think. And this time, we're just going to keep up with what's going on in current affairs. So really, the big um, elephant in the room... Other local election results, which we, we, we did a little prediction on last I, time. I, 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 I thought you were going to say Emily Thornberry, but no. We'll, we'll come to her in a minute. Her, no, thigh, no, no, her no. thighs are thunderous, you, to be quite honest with you. You, you said, <laughs> could be an elephant in the room. You said elephant in the room, and I, I assumed that straight away. Um, local elections. Uh, now, we, we did do some predictions, didn't we? Uh, yeah. Uh, the last one, and we predicted a massacre for Labour. Considering they were the party of opposition, and, and the I massacre believe happened. they lost uh, three hundred and eighty-two seats. That's very geeky. I, um, I was, was going to say. Well, no, I've got the copy. Of the spectator oh, very good. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> well resourced. Um, and um, also, unprecedented for a, a sitting government to gain seats at back-to-back local elections. Yeah. So, um, and also as a result, I mean, um, this is the real story. Um, the Conservatives win five hundred and sixty-three council seats midterm. And look where they won them, Jeff. Um, well, them. for example... Um, North of the Watford Gap. Well, not only that, they win seven seats in Glasgow. Which is third world territory, isn't it? Third I mean, world territory. It's, it's seven that seats that, that is like winning suits at Mogadishu. <laughs> well, they're very... Tr- and, and not only that, but... <laughs> Mogadishu, Black Hawk yeah, Down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but no... We'll get over that, Pete. No, um, I can't. But anyway... But but um, I, I remember hearing on the night because I, I did stay up and watch some of it and I watched some of it the next day. Um, Paisley Fergusi, I can't I can't pronounce it very well. It is apparently the most deprived ward in the whole of Scotland. Okay. Who takes it? Well, surely the Labour or the SNP. No, um, it's taken by the Conservative Party. Oh, so, so you mean the Conservative Party that can never win outside of the South East or London? No. So, but not only are they winning in the most deprived ward in Scotland. But I, you know, especially as Aaron Banks is now not going to run in uh, Clacton, I imagine they're going to win in the general election in Clacton as well, which also includes the most deprived ward in England, which well, is Jaywick. Well, you get win a single seat. I'm not sure they will. Then. No, I, I think I think they could have won Clacton with Banksy uh, or Farage, <laughs> a high rival candidate. Who, who, in, who in his first interview was quite happy to repeat the wonky jaw argument against bloody, uh, bloody, bloody good egg, his old Banksy. <laughs> um, but no, um, I, I think. Um, I mean, we've got like like I said, we we have. I mean, the one thing that really annoyed me, and I. I, I I tweeted this back at Sky News several times because it really wound me up. Was this 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 um, this prediction made by a chap called Michael Thrasher? And I, I tweeted. He's not on Twitter, otherwise I would have abused him um, quite heavily. But he came up with this prediction from the national vote share. And the national vote share after the um, council elections was thirty eight percent Conservatives, twenty seven percent Labour, and seventeen percent Lib Dem. And, and from this, they predict that she's only going to get a majority of 50. This is fantasy. And not only is it fantasy, it was based on flawed data that people wanted to push because it made it, everything a bit more interesting and contentious. Because if you look at where these elections were happening, the whole of Wales was in play, which is traditionally what territory? Uh, famously Labour territory. And the whole of Scotland was in play, which is traditionally whose territory? Well, fa- well it used to be Labour. And now whose? It's the, the National Socialists. Oh, exactly. The, the National Socialists of Scotland. And... Yet, how much of England was in play? 
only about a third, I believe, or maybe well, slightly more. Yeah, yeah. So we have a situation where, yes, the national vote share is 38% for the Conservatives, but that is in mostly Scotland, Wales, and only a bit of England. I, I saw some polling today, um, and it's increasingly looking like that the uh, Labour Party, apparently on the polls, are edging up a little bit. I mean, they're, they're on course for an absolute shellacking. Well, apparently they're up 5% today, but, apparently, but, in but, terms of comrades. But I see scores of 30%. I mean, I'll tell you now, and I'll, I'll predict, much like I spoke to you in the last, in the last uh, podcast that we did, um, the Labour Party will get 20% at best. Polls that put them at 30% are living in some sort of uh, crypto-Soviet world <laughs> where what, what, one, one in three people are going to vote for Britain hating Jeremy Corbyn is just not realistic. And when we go through the manifesto, we'll see that whilst perhaps some of the individual policies are popular, I, even though I agree with even Theresa May agrees with them. I mean, let's, let's stress this here. Theresa May is a fundamentally unimpressive individual. And um, I've but, I but, sorry, changed my position quite a lot but, on the old but, May. But, but she will, she, she, she'd beat Jeremy Corbyn blindfolded, both hands behind her back and, and, and singing in French. She, she will well, famously the, talking about Paddington's favourite flavour the, of sandwich. The, 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 there, there is not one in, one in three people that vote for Jeremy Corbyn. There's not one in four. I don't think there's, there's one in five. One in five sounds realistic to um, me. Well, one in five of whoever comes out to vote, I think what will kill Labour is people that want to vote Labour but can't vote for a man that thinks we should, uh, you know, return um, the Falklands to the Argentines, Gibraltar to the Spanish, um, what, what, what wants to make the Queen in the Council House, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> it won't join the very Council. Yeah, it's won't just, wear a tie, probably. It's, 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 I mean, I, no. I, I listened to Daily Politics every day, uh, and um, they had a clip on there from 2014. So it was only three years ago. And they had Jeremy Corbyn on there at a, a rally of supporters, obviously before he becomes the Labour leader. And he says, the only cuts that I support are deep cuts in the armed services. I mean, how, how in the Britain of, of 2000, well, the Britain of any day and age, does he think this is popular? Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure it'll be popular on, uh, on social Islington. media. It'll be popular on Twitter. There'll be lots of hashtaggers. There'll be momentum. Um, within the education establishment, it'll be very popular. With the uh, run-of-the-mill good uh, English voting folk, it'll be disastrous. I mean, the, the people in this country are immensely proud of their armed forces. They've got every reason to be proud of the armed forces. Um, and they've got every reason actually to be proud of the vast majority of British foreign policy since the Second World War. The issue is is that, is that Germany... Certainly not the first. The issue is, 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 is that Jeremy Corbyn and the Labour Party describe a situation which no one recognises. So they come out and say... You live in a crap area, your job's crap, your society's crap, your military's crap, and you need me to solve it. And people go, well, okay, they sit here, they sit here now here, in my chop two down in Clacton, you know, very deprived of everyone. I think, well, my, my, my house isn't crap, my area's not crap, um, my schools are 50-50, um, I'm very proud of what the nation's doing, I voted Brexit, I've got this vote for. Once people can't relate to what Jeremy Corbyn says... They won't vote for it. People do not think we're a third world country. To listen to Jeremy Corbyn, we're a third world country, and that's the big problem, Jeff. Um, I well, I largely agree. And actually, it's not only that we're third world; it's that we're not going to succeed, uh, and that somehow um, we are. Uh, well, we need let, tips. Let's, let's, let's we need row, tips Venezuela. Let's row. <laughs> well, fuck, Jesus Christ! Yeah, well, but, I mean, let's let's row back for a minute because well, on the same issue, ju- just after or just before, I actually can't remember Juncker. 
uh, and his comments. I think it was just after the, the, the locals. What he's one where England is failing importance. Mm. Go fuck yourself. That, mm. that, that one. Well, and what what really depressed me. Actually, I'm, I'm going on a little rant here. Please forgive me. We're at four or five minutes in, and please give me a couple of minutes for a rant here, and I'll shut up for a good five six minutes. Um, Jer- um, Jeremy Corbyn. Um, we can ignore him on Brexit. He's got no uh, particular view whatsoever. He's a non-entity on this one. What really depresses me is that. We've voted to leave the European Union, fair enough, um, and um, Lord Ashcroft posted some um, polling data recently, uh, yesterday, uh, today, that showed of the people that voted to leave, which is what, 48% at most, uh, only 19% of that actually reverse Brexit. So the country is now mm. largely agreed that we're leaving the European Union, like when the Corn Laws were repealed, we're going on with it and we'll move on. But more importantly, Juncker now comes out, and, and this truly depresses me because they've got a disproportionately large voice in the media. Juncker comes out and says, Britain, uh, can, well, let's call it a space plane, go fuck yourself. Which is fair mm. enough. If, if, if that is the EU position or the European Parliament position, fair enough. What depressed me then was. Capitulation. Uh, was, was, was the social media response of apparently intelligent, intellectual people that went, ha ha, look at that, take that, Britain, you should have it out. The people who are now at campaigning against Britain to get a bad deal, get the worst deal. They want Britain to fail so they can say, I told you so, why they live their fat, uh, bourgeois, behemoth lives. Sorry, Jeff. And why they do this, um, not going to be affected by anything of, of staying or staying out. They're not affected by either of this. They, they, they sit there in very, very safe jobs, in very, very, and I'll say this, very white areas of Britain. Um, with very very high culture, cult, 97% yeah, yeah, white yeah, culture well, 97% white Britain while, 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 while telling everyone else they must accept immigration their only uh, example of immigration is you know the Turkish barbers and the nice Chinese and the cheap, 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 cheap Spanish and, and, nanny and, and the cheap nanny or the cheap labour and what have not and, but, but then they, they, they want Britain to fail and I've got to say I, I'm all for um, uh, having a forum for all views and opinions and what not but to listen to that seditious guff um i'll be honest it, it it makes me look look fondly back on the the espionage act of the united states of lending comfort to the foreign enemy and let's be honest now the european union are in that sense going to be our enemy they, they've, they've talked about punishing britain and whilst whilst so i, I will show up in a minute i've gone for three minutes already i'll come for come more Whilst you know, we, we Theresa May has tried uh, too much, in my opinion, but she has tried to be um, uh, reticent and, and, and complimentary and the, the special and deep partnership she talks about, and all she has got in return is threats and violence, uh, threats of trade, threats of this, threats of that. Well, quite frankly, it's about time that she turned around and said, fuck you, you're, you're a protectionist block that's dying, you're full of lefty nonsense, and this country that survived. Christ, the Glorious Revolution, the Civil War, um, um, the Labour Operation Sea Lion, the the, the Labour government in the 1960s. You know, Christ, if we survive that, we can survive anything. And and people yeah, now, Labour government. But, well, it's true. It's very true. Yeah, it's very true. But and people now that cheerly the opposite side, I think, should be uh, thoroughly ashamed of themselves. They are disgusting. Uh, well, I, I I was eagerly listening to all of that actually because I cannot help but agree with every single word. I mean, what? And I actually watched a short clip that Daniel Hannan, great Brexit hero, um, put on Twitter. He did a about three or four minute video to which he quite rightly said, "I just do not understand why people who live in Britain and are British 
and and are affected or will be affected by the outcome of the these talks and the outcome of these negotiations are rooting for John Claude Juncker, are, are backing him, and, and, and not and it's not just fringe Europhiles. It's the Labour Party are saying, I told you so. The Liberal Democrats are saying, I told you so. And it's across the board. I don't understand why. It's the equivalent. It is the equivalent of um, backing the, the military junta of Argentina in the, 1970s, in the 1980s. Going, well, you know, I told you so. You shouldn't have gotten rid of the, the submarines in the South Atlantic. It is, it is like after the... Uh Oh goodness me! Was it the Sheffield of the Coventry that was hit? What was the ship in the Second World War? It was Coventry, wasn't it? Wait, in the First World War? Or the no, World? in the Falklands. Uh, oh, the um, the HMS Sheffield. Sheffield, wasn't yeah, it? With, 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 um, with, with, it? Yeah, with 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 Simon Weston. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it is like going after the Sheffield was hit. Well, I told you so. We shouldn't defend the Falklands. After with, with by the way, with French ex uh, missiles. Well, yeah, members well, of the EEC. Yeah, I, I remember the, the the French. Well, even Reagan with his his slightly but never neutrality. Um, no, all I'd say is is that you know, let's assume the Remainers are correct, and it will be a disaster, and uh, everyone knows that won't be true. But let's say it was, then actually their best job would be. Or let's 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 flip on its head. Let's say that on the twenty third of June last year we voted to remain in the European Union. My job would then you know I would not be going around saying. Look, we're fouled here, we're fouled here, we're fouled here, we're fouled here, we're fouled here. I would do my best then to mitigate any influence the European Union had. Hmm. Flip on its head. These Remainers should be doing their best now to get the liberal, lefty, you know, come by our bricks that they want. Fair enough. Not, you know, it's not going to be reversed, I'm afraid. And uh, AC uh, Grayling. Well, AC Grayling, uh, I said to the last podcast, is mentally ill. Uh, you've now discovered him and... Well, I've been, I've been, an av- I actually now follow him on Twitter, yeah. and you don't. No. But, but I, I, I said this to you that if, if, if I was someone of that persuasion, and I followed people like AC Grayling and Alastair Campbell, um, I, 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 I can almost understand now why they, they, they are, they find views like ours incredible, because, because they're bombarded with these people, they're bombarded with this. This prevailing view. I remember. Um, I, I think I may have even sent it to you. There was a, a, a cartoon that AC Grayling retweeted, <laughs> and I, I honestly, Pete, I, 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 I despair, but I find it almost perverse. Well, it's, it's a bit like looking like orangutans shagging in the zoo. You can't stop looking at it. Um, it's, it's honestly perverse. But I, I look at it. And I think, <laughs> what is going on here? Um, and honestly so he retweeted this cartoon and it was it was a slug on a stage yeah speaking into a microphone the banner behind him was slugs for salt and the whole and the whole and the whole audience was a, was slugs and the insinuation of course was that is that the people of britain are voting for their own demise and these people and I tweeted back I tweeted back and by the way I've had about well in, in the grand scheme of things it probably doesn't seem like much but I've probably about half a dozen to a, to a ten likes on this post I said I'm sure your beration of the of the the public is going to work out for you um, not because your your condescension of the British public has done wonders for the position of people like you it's, and me it's, it's, it's one of the bigger reasons I think why they won but uh 
But but grailing aside, I, I, I think yeah, you know, I get frustrated reading it, and I've got a few friends on on the old Facebook which I should really delete, who do things <laughs> like who do things now like celebrate Europe Day. And I said, I think I've been throwing to you three, four, five, six years. You never celebrated Europe Day. These oh, people are are utterly desperate um, to pretend they used to care about the European Union. What they're doing really is a... Um, virtue signalling. The virtue signalling, but also the sort of thing that a child does just to be on the wind-up, you know. Well, you know, you know, do you want your... A, do, do, do you want your dinner? No, I'll take it away. Well, no, I want mine. Fair enough, you know, good luck to them. But they're going to be absolutely obliterating this election, and therefore, actually, I feel, um, and I have for a long time now, um... The, the biggest threat to Brexit is actually the Prime Minister. Um, the country mm. is sound. The country is, is has gone to where it needs to be. Um, well, in my opinion, where it needs to be. And we're going to leave the European Union on the terms of leaving the single market, the customs union, etc., etc., etc. We're going to become... It's, it's not a radical position, actually. The Brexit vote wasn't radical. To remain was radical. To become part of a, a separate... Well, well I, I, was in, I, I was in Waterstones today, and actually I was trying to pick up a book... Um, by Douglas Murray called The Strange Death of Europe which talks about how um, European values are going to be slowly eroded by mass immigration but anyway uh, I didn't wasn't didn't manage to get this book because all that Waterstones and Colchester managed to stock was a book by Guy Verhofstadt about um, how Europe should integrate ever closer a book by our wonderful friend AC Grayling about the the horrors of war and a book by Yanis Varoufakis um, um, and actually, funnily enough, we were talking about this a minute ago, people that, that, that cheer for the other side, cheer for, for, for what are becoming the enemies of Britain. Me and you have, uh, have, have gone on the wind-up about Yanis Varoufakis before, but actually, let's stop for a minute. This is a man that realises how um, belligerent the European Union can be. Right. And, he, and he has quite helpfully warned this country and, the, and, and this country's people that if we yield an inch, they will take... A mile. What what what, uh, what 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 is interesting, Jeff, is 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 not now the, the 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 old arguments that are now gone, and most people in general public accept they've gone. What is interesting, and I I, I made a Facebook status briefly about it after a few bottles of wine. Um, was well, that now, eh? was that Theresa May says something relatively forthright, and everyone starts spunking on Facebook and Twitter about imperialist. Johnny Foreigner, this is old imperial talk, Britain's gone, Britain's faded. Fine, fair enough, that's your view. Juncker then comes out with his one that the Prime Minister of your country is living around different galaxies and she's deluded. The yeah. and, and, and they they ejaculate in celebration of Britain being humiliated. I don't understand. No, I, don't, I don't get it I, either. I understand that me and you have a conversation thinking we think Britain's position should be this and this, but once once the position is done, you be like the election. You know, I'm, I'm not convinced by choice, man. We'll come to the referendum, uh, the manifesto at the moment. Mm. But eventually you think what's best for this country in general, even if it's not in your personal personal best interest you know, as I said to, to many people before you know, the battle of Britain was not in Britain's economic interest the Falklands War was not in Britain's economic interest the malign emergency was not in Britain's best interest the second world war was not in Britain's best interest the first world war certainly, certainly wasn't. wasn't and yet they're all fought and yet what we what we seem to have here is saying that well look um, we must accept this lack of patriotism because we may be £2.50 off a week worse off. Madness.
Well, absolutely. <laughs> We've talked about this, that cultural, um, uh, that cultural uh, things that are just as important to people like us as... More important, I think. Mo- uh, to, to, to certainly. Like certainly. Um, and you know what? I was thinking about this, uh, and you know, last last time we spoke, uh, recorded anyway, uh, you know, I was much more enthusiastic about Theresa May. We were talking about manifestos and where she was going to go. I was willing to give her the benefit of the doubt, and you know, sort of to close off where we were talking about uh, council elections. I didn't, you know, we we were trying to predict the demise of UKIP, and I think even you um, uh, thought that their vote in the general election would halve. Uh, and that, well, that that was the extent to which you would go. I thought no, it would go down by about. No, if uh, if, if memory serves, and I have to play it again. I think I said half. To no, two you thirds. no, you said no. You actually no. You went said it would go below sub one million, and three, I said it would half. Three three yeah, million out of right. the four million, which yeah. is seventy five percent. And I think, and, and actually, may I say that the local election shows that three quarters of the UKIP vote is going back to her, isn't it? Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right about that. I actually think come uh, now, and uh, we were talking about this last time. What the effect of the locals would be on the general because we've never really had a, a local election this close to a general election before I think it's going to get worse for UKIP um, although in a way I'm, I'm kind of r- r- relenting about this massive crash of UKIP I mean we, we both voted for UKIP in 2015 yes. um, and I wasn't at all convinced by what you said last week that May's long term objective was to Crush the, the the Brexit backbenchers through a you know huge Tory majority of of mainly centrist conservatives. I'm genuinely worried about this now. I'm genuinely worried about it, and I'm worried also that she. I, I think she's quite personally authentic, but politically, I don't think she believes in much apart from maybe grammar schools. I think that she's perhaps a slightly more sturdy vessel than David Cameron, mm-hmm. but, then, but then that's not saying much. Well, what, he believes what, in nothing. What, what, what I worry about is that uh, we have a Prime Minister who, uh, rightly or wrongly, and I accept it's a tough decision, but rightly or wrongly, last year, on, on balance, thought that Britain could not survive outside the European Union. And, and was recorded and, saying as and such. recorded saying as such that the European Union interfered in, in some things, but broadly the economic fear, all that sort of guff, the sort of you know falsehoods. And now she has become a Brexiteer, and rightly so. I appreciate that. You know, you should move that, with the that, country. But I've still not heard uh, uh, her enunciate a coherent vision on why this country would be better off being free from. Um, Oh, let's call it what it is. You know, European for, Dominion. Foreign control. <laughs> I don't know why we're so embarrassed to say it. Um, but she'll win. She'll win big. Um, what I worry... What's your prediction before we, before we you know, conclude this? Well, okay, so, so well, let's, let's do that now. We're 20 minutes in and we've got 25 minutes or so, maybe a bit longer, to go through the manifestos. Mm-hmm. Um, as the local elections, the local elections currently indicate a Labour support of 26, 27%, I believe. I think that's um, incredible. I once again reaffirm my original prediction that the Labour Party will get 19 to 20% of the vote. Maybe 21, 22 at a push. I think that's more realistic. But but the 22 will be heavier in the constituencies they already win. They'll come yeah. out being Liverpool, Walworth, for example. And therefore I expect the Conservative Party majority to be as big and bigger than... Which was 144, I believe, wasn't it? Blair, t- well, no, no, no. Tony, Tony Blair obviously was even bigger, um, yeah. He got, he got 400 on seats. I'd expect the Tories to get something close to that because although 
and you, you chalk off Scotland. They're looking great. There. So what, what I'm going to say is is that I expect I'll, seats is difficult with first past the post. Um, I'll be stunned that if the Labour Party get any more than twenty two percent. I think 20, and the Tories will, will breeze, I think, past 50%, 52, 53. I'm May, st- maybe even once they really go for them on national defence. Mm. Maybe maybe 54. What no, well, I'm, 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 I, last time when you said, I joke, I, I mean, it was rather jokingly at the time that uh, smashing AC grading, saying that, I tell you what, she will go over 50%. She will go over 50%. Um, last time I thought, you know what? In today's age, with multi-party democracy, and I don't think it's going to happen. I think it will. I think. I think actually, the closer we get to this election, the flight back to the incumbent party um, will have uh, at least a one to two percent effect on the polls. The overrating of Labour in every poll. The overrating of Labour in every poll will have an effect on the actual result, that's which has happened, which obviously happened in 2015. That's four percent. That's four percent that's already. And then, as we said, we, again, we had a preliminary meeting down the pub while we were smashing through our New World wine. Um, once they really go on Jeremy Corbyn on issues which will offend people, not, not, not just put people off Jeremy Corbyn, not just make people think he's incompetent, which I think even people that are going to vote for him will probably believe, right? Okay. Yeah. So I think... Sure, I, I think sure let, let's, say, let's say we take the upper end of your estimate, which I probably agree with, 22%. Maybe we'll vote for Labour. I would say probably at least seven to eight percent of that will be through gritted teeth to the point that they're going to shatter in their mouths. What 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 I think we've got to remember, Jeff, is that uh, it's certainly well out of your timeline because you're you're a young chap. I just remember, just about remember the end of the IRA's uh, terror campaign in this country. Um, and I'm reasonably, I'm still 29. I mean, I, I, I know time has been kind. There are plenty of people that remember the Admiral Duncan, they remember the War Mateo, they remember the horse is dead, they remember Manchester. Well, let's not forget the Grand, the grand yeah, Hotel. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and um, uh, what's the chap's name? Um, Thatcher's uh, aide. Um, Tabbit. No, no, no. In his um, it, the guy that got blown up in in Parliament Square. Oh, every day. Every day. Wasn't that his MP? Indeed. He, he was the, the shadow secretary of state for Northern Ireland. Ireland. Indeed. Um, and, and, and a man I'm that too many. And, and a man that was going to pull the pants down of uh, of, of the IRA. No, people remember this. Um, um, regardless of their view on what Ireland is now, um, uh, uh, that that. <laughs> They're not going to vote. I, I, I promise you, Jeff. I promise you, Jeff. They're not going to vote for someone. Forget the nuclear weapons argument or the defence argument, or the Russian argument or the Hamas argument. They're not going to vote for people that were blowing up this country, getting lots of innocent people, no more than a decade and a half ago. I mean, actually, you know what? I, I know a lot of liberal-minded, small L, liberal-minded people who are very keen to vote for Jeremy Corbyn and to vote for Jeremy Corbyn's Labour Party on policy issues. And we'll go through some of these policy beliefs in a moment, although yeah, I, scary, I, I, you can scary. barely call them policy. Scary that, 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 that grown adults do this. Indeed. I, mean, I, I genuinely think within one question, we could convince six formers, and we'll try and convince our listeners that these policies are facile and juvenile. But anyway, we will come to this in a moment. But I... Look at this issue of um, Ireland, particularly. Yeah. And when when you think that this man wants to 
wants to you have grown liberal people who look at these issues and the IRA were bombing pubs in Soho Pete yeah and and, 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 and exactly you mentioned it and, and killing dozens of homosexual people as a result of their their their, their, their religious views and I know people in, in my personal life and obviously the demographics of the vote for um, for the for the left these people vote for Jeremy Corbyn, and this is a man who is an apologist for an organisation which massacred homosexual people in London for, on, on on their views. And, well, and, 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 and when they think, do they think about this? Do they know this? Do they remember this? I think I think I think more important than uh, uh, whilst the British homosexual community is probably a bit of a, bit, a bit of a tither because. You'll probably go Lib Dem in this election, but it's got issues to do with Tim Farron's uh, on and off this for uh, homosexual sex. <laughs> Just a bit. Which, which, which is, you know... Uh, and he's uh, admitted, even in his rebuttals, he's admitted as such, Lord without Simmons. saying it, that he's... Well, I don't know, but he's, he's quite... Uh, you know, he, he, he has not categorically denied his belief. I mean, he, I think he believes gay sex is a sin. And... You know, this is a view that people have the right to hold, but why pretend that he doesn't? Um, well, because, because it will massacre his vote. Because he's dying. Even, even more so than, than, than tuition fees. He, he's dying to pick up the barely literate vote from university. But uh, that's probably a good time now um, to look at the various manifesto pledges before the manifestos come out. Shall we, shall we deal with, in short order, the Conservative manifesto? The commitments that we know about so far first. Well, let's talk... Because Labour, we, we largely agree. Well, no, let's, let's, let's talk... Uh, no, I think actually it's probably best to go the other way. Because okay. everyone expects to slam the other manifesto, as you will. Uh, but I intend to slam what's currently in the Choi one as well. Mm. So so the, the Lib Dems that we know so far, and to be fair to the Lib Dems, they're consistent to their brain-dead principles... They want to have the coffee shops of Amsterdam in Britain. They want to legalise cannabis. And by that extension, you eventually legalise everything. Um, they come out with a guff that the war on drugs has been lost, despite the fact that it I'm, was fir- never I'm firmly the PHs, we've never fought it. And he virtually, Nick Clegg virtually admitted this last time he was on DP with Peter Hedges. It was quite remarkable when he actually admitted that the war had been given up. Um, so the Lib Dem policy is to... Well, well actually, just, just to cut in very quickly there, you sent me a message the other day about, in America, a low-level drug dealer. 72 um, years. 72 years Netflix, for low-level drug dealer. Netflix dealing. documentary on, uh, on uh, crime, I can't, Netflix Maximum Security or whatever. And you had there a chap dealing crystal meth that got, uh, thought, 72 years. I, I, I don't see the issue with that, I must say. Um, drugs has become the sort of uh, shoulder-shrugging issue of our time. And I think of nothing more that destroys society, uh, both in the individual family, which is the most important unit for any sort of social progress, but also society in general, than the increasing prevalence of drug-taking, uh, drug-dealing, but more important, drug-taking. I look at it that way, it's drug-taking that drives uh, supply. Mm. We could talk about Rodrigo yeah. Duterte. Let's look at more important issue. Look, the Lib Dem Manifesto is to oppose Brexit and legalise drugs, which is offensive on one hand to the 52% of the people in the country, and drug legalisation is opposed by at least 75%. The Lib Dems are done. Thanks for coming. You get your six well, cents. And, and we look at local done. elections. Done. They believe they would get the southwest of England. Forget it. 
they're not going to win. They will get. I predict now, going back to predictions very quickly, the Lib Dems will get no more than a dozen seats. And they will um, lose some. They will lose some. Um, they will lose Southport. So you're saying, I can't remember what I said in the last podcast, it was something like a dozen, wasn't it? Twelve. Um, they'll, they'll lose a couple, they might gain a couple. They, look, 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 look. The, the Lib Dems are that friend at a sixth form house party that pretends you can drink a lot. They drink a lot very quickly and they puke all over your sofa and your patio furniture <laughs> and you never invite them back again. They are a farce, they're a joke and no human being that can read and write the Lib will vote for them. Oh, I turn the regret that I did when I was 18. Exactly that. Yeah, we, we, we've all drunk too much vodka and puked up a patio chair. <laughs> Um, Although I have to say, when I when when I when that election happened in two thousand and ten, I did write something on Facebook to the effect of what I wanted was a liberal conservative coalition. <laughs> so even then, I was moving to the right, but well, it was David Cameron's right, so I'm not sure I'm, I'm particularly uh, soft, left, soft left. But I moved very quickly to the right once I became a teacher. But anyway, moving swiftly on. Um, yeah, I'll be, what was Labour then? Right, Labour. Um, let's have a look. At these manifesto pledges. Okay, what, 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 one by one, let's take them. Let's on. take them all. So, the first thing they want to do is, I as may, famously, I famously... May, I may surprise you here, Jeffrey, but go on. Okay, so let's take policy on its own. Okay. I like the idea of 10,000 extra police on the beat. Well, I mean, again, it's like, you know, uh, I'm in favour of more money for yourself. Who's against it? The issue is... is Can we afford it? And obviously, the, well, no, the Shadow Home Secretary doesn't know how much it's going to uh, cost. Uh, uh, well, famously, uh, young Dynamic can't... You know, can go it. from 300,000 to 80 million within um, the space um, of 30 seconds. Unsurprisingly, she, can, she can't count the, you know, the stone on the scales when she stands on them. Um, but, but look, the, the issue isn't 10,000 police officers. It's what you do with them. Um, we have got more police officers in absolute number and per capita of population than we've ever had. And if you don't believe mm. me, there's an absolutely fantastic study in uh, young uh, Peter Hitchens' book, The Abolition of Liberty. We have never had more policemen anyway, but you never see them. You know, I, I've, I, I cannot remember. I mean, the last policeman I saw, I was trying to set a, uh, a box of matches on fire, uh, as you do as a 17-year-old, outside the Edinburgh Woodham in Clacton. And he said... No, I'm afraid not, champ. Uh, I said, fair enough, I went home. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've known drug dealers since then, I've known drug tangers since then, I've known thieves since then, and the police just aren't there. Fuck the 10,000 police. What you want is them actually you know, prosecuting crime. Actually policing. Well, what's next to the manifesto, Jeff? Next to the manifesto is one million new homes. Well, uh, but let's look at again who's opposed who's to this? these things. Who's opposed to the building of new homes for the middle class young boys and girls that are working very, very hard? You can you no can you can promise the earth, but uh, only a fool will leave. Why it not it. two million more homes? Theresa yeah. May should say two. No, Theresa May should say one million and one more homes. Okay, the, 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 this one I think we might have uh, we we might reject outright is a um, ten pound living wage for all. Now I I have always been against the idea of the minimum wage because actually I think for some people it ends up becoming the maximum wage it becomes an excuse for businesses to um, set a floor for what they employ, uh, uh, pay people and not only that but if we pardon me <coughs> oh, Jesus Christ um, if we uh, dramatically raise um, the minimum wage like this 
what will this cause in our economy, Peter? Uh, big fat inflation. Big fat inflation. And it will more, help more, nobody. More, 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 more importantly, Jeff, I mean, I speak to this with some Jesus, personal sorry. family experience. What do you do for the people whose labour is not worth £10 per hour? Well, actually, what, do you what, remember... What, 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 what do you do to the people perhaps working for someone like Autism Angular mm. who get young autistic boys and girls, largely boys, into nice little placements on six or seven pound an hour so they can gain life experience, all that sort of stuff, who will immediately be made employed by this. I mean, any sort of minimum wage, maximum wage, it's, it's drivel, everyone knows it, no one really cares. What did you see on... Uh, it was actually on Daily Politics as well, but there, there, during that week there was a woman who has disabled... Uh, I think she had two, uh, two or three disabled children. Yeah. Um, with Downs, I believe. Yeah. And she was campaigning quite vociferously against the idea that they had to be paid X, Y, Z because they, they it. Pre- it, precl- it precluded them from getting a job. Kills it um, So I largely agree with that. I mean, um, look, people will look at these things and they think, it's what a great idea. Everyone paid no, no less than £10 an hour. But if that £10 an hour... If that ten pound in their pocket is worth less than it was a year ago, it doesn't make them any better off. And I, I think if we had a ten pound minimum wage that was that was set um, very quickly um, uh, and jumped, what's it about now? Seven pound something, seven something, seven eighty. Yeah, seven eighty. So you would have inflation jump up to at least five percent, if not more. Well, Jeremy, Carp, Jeremy Corbyn can't get it both ways. He can't say that the poor have got poorer since the introduction of Labour's national minimum wage. Either the That's nas- a very good point. Actually, either the national that. minimum wage has made people poorer, mm-hmm. or it's not. And, 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 and then, of course, you're, you're, you're trapped by the base logic of a minimum wage. If £10 an hour makes everyone richer, why not £11? Why not 12 Why not 20 why not 50? If the logic is that minimum wages improve the lives of working class people and the economy, then surely you make the minimum wage £100. Mm-hmm. This, this, this is a conversation that's worthy of a, of, 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 of a six-form cold room. Indeed. Uh, and, and, and morally, the idea, I think, is very, very great. But like all these ideas of commerce, we go through them. Morality confronts and hits real life in the face, and real life wins every, every time. Every uh, single time. Theresa May's got this problem, I think, with her we'll, nonsense. We'll, 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 Carry on. Yeah. We'll, we'll come to fuel caps in a moment. Um, what have we got? But uh, next, we have, I mean, again, we talk about this. Pledges that no one could disagree with, but are fundamentally incredible. £500 more... For carers, what? Why? Why not seven fifty? Why not a thousand? Why not? Why not ten grand more for carers? What is a carer? How much is a carer pay per hour? Does the carer work full time or part time? The these I'm sitting here. What two bottles of wine in? I can pick this apart. This chap is the leader of a major opposition. He should go to bloody you know the White Cliffs of Dover and do everyone a favour and launch himself off them. (laughs) Well, and then again, I mean, we are teachers, both of us. the next pledge should make us dance with glee. Three billion pounds more for education. But on what? On what? On what? Teachers, LSAs, playground studies, tarmac in the playmac, school More beers, meetings. More me- what, what? Who care? You, you, you can TLR, TLRs for the boys? Wow. That, that obviously doesn't have an education, Jeffrey. Of course not. Of course we don't offer no. money for people to do nothing and then call it a job and then overlap each other's remits and then make sure that nobody actually does their job. Oh, I could name names, but I won't. Well, I mean... 
I mean, after that, interesting. Look, three billion is great. What what teachers really want? And I, I can actually speak with some authority on this. <laughs> if 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 someone sat to me and said, you know, what would really help you improve the outcomes? And that's what education must be about. Not the outcomes of the school, but the outcomes of students. But couldn't what, gi- you couldn't give a toss what, what Ofsted say. What, what, couldn't give a toss what. Um, you know, the government thinks it should be about what, what kids go what, away and not be able to do. They told me, said, Pete, in your classes, what would help the most? And you, I would say, with no hesitation, yeah, class sizes. Get class sizes down to 15. They said, okay, Pete, we can double the amount of teachers and we can, you know, get class sizes down to 15. Okay, great. Well, what about the quality of teachers? Well, they'd be bad. Oh, that's not so good. What about the cost? Well, it'd be another you know, 25 billion. Oh, that's not great. Yeah, the point is you've got to think about these things beyond first first impact. Indeed. So, yeah, nonsense. Um, and, you know, to come off of these things, I mean, look, we... And also, what what teacher, apart from Muster, is not going to vote for Jeremy Corbyn anyway? Not very many. They're going to vote for Labour because they're buffoons. I honestly don't know... Uh, I I think apart from myself and and you, I don't think of any. I can't think of anyone that would think of these issues within the teaching profession on this level. I, I can think of a three couple. billion pound for teachers. Yay! Let's vote for Jeremy. I, I I can think of a couple, but I wouldn't name them because of the harm it does their careers. And that tells you need to know. Indeed. Um, okay, so moving on from that pledge. Yeah. Um, this one I. Found, What's next, Jeffers? This one I found. Well, on a patriotic level, I quite liked it, but um, on a practical level, it was madness. Four public, new, four new public holidays a year for each of the patron saints of Britain. Um, on, on, on a, I, I quite like the idea of Saint George's Day um, being something we can celebrate, but whether we can afford such a thing is another matter. Even Jeremy Corbyn would admit that it would cost £8 billion pounds a year. Well, £8 I mean, billion. Pounds. Well, I mean, again, I'm... And he says, and he says, by the way, just, just before you say your, say your piece on this one, he says, well, yes, but the evidence says that even though it costs business £8 billion pounds a year, people on bank holidays, they go and do stuff and they spend money. So, you know, it will get, we, you know there's some evidence to say they'll spend £8 billion pounds a year, so it'll be fine. I, do you know what? Now I hate to say it, I probably agree with them. This idea, really? What? No. Well, no. On, on the principle of, uh, this is always the argument for economists. But, but, but let's just stop this for a minute. Go on, let's go just on. stop this. Let's think practicalities. Do you know when most of these bank holidays would fall? What? Well, well, that's the interesting. They're, they're all April, aren't they? And um, May. And May. And so we'd have kind of like this this part of the middle of the year where the, nat- the national crisis of this country is productivity. And by the way, I'm going to come back to this in a second, productivity, because that is the big problem with with, with um, the, the, the minimum wage also. Well, but we but got, we, we, we're going to have um, the, the middle part of the year where nobody does anything. We're going to be off for half the yeah, yeah, month. France does nothing in August. I mean, Apart from burn hay bales. I'll, oh yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. Look, the, the idea that it costs... Excellent. Yeah, but France is chronically unproductive. The, so the, we, right, it's far more productive than us. But look, yeah. no, look what, the point that X costs us three, four billion is nonsense. The idea that, okay, look, so the supermarket's shut on X day, so people starve for a whole day is nonsense. They either buy the stuff before or they buy it after. The idea goes, oh, I'd love to go to that new restaurant in town. And they go, well, you can't do it because on April the 3rd, it's shut. Or well, then we'll never go. 
people just delay it until it's open again. Shutting the things for a day to just costs absolutely nothing in the long term. No, I mean, we can't do this ad infinitum, though, can we? We can't just we can't just declare we want twelve more public holidays a year. What? what no, it's got to have some well, cost eventually. Well, maybe if you go beyond thirty. But I mean, I, I heard the USA has more than us. The USA is the the bastard of productivity. The USA has twenty seven. I hear twenty seven public holidays. I, I actually don't know. Ge- Germany has more. I, than us. I France know, has more. I know that we have at least in the G seven. Well, I'm not in favour of more public holidays. I'm perhaps in favour of of people being able to to transmute more normal holiday. No, but but the point is, we, we, the point I'm trying to make is is that um, one, I don't believe that the stats anyway. I, I think Corbyn's probably right on that, but my more important point is, in a time of supreme national crisis, our relationship with the world post the EU referendum, who gives a shit about whether you've got a Monday off or not? Most people will call in sick anyway. <laughs> Indeed. Um, free school meals for all, Peter. Tough one. Go on, Jeff, take me away. What, 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 what do you um, think? Tough one for me. Tough a, one. a tough one for me also. I think, you know, for the same reason I like uniforms. Um, I think the idea of a social leveller at, at, um, at that, on that basis, I quite like. Um, but the idea of the state subsidising middle class families for their, their their children's food at school, that doesn't actually that doesn't worry as much worry me as much as that this will increase the state's interference in what our children eat as much as um, whether we pay for it or not. Very sure. Um, so I'm in- inherently suspicious of this for for that reason alone. Um, I I don't want to I don't want to put a tin hat on for a minute, but I think if Jeremy Corbyn came in and f- funded school meals for all, we would have a generation of vegans. And actually, <laughs> I don't, I'm, couscous the, warriors, couscous warriors, and the couscous bars. And actually, the, I'm, I'm I'm partly joking, but the state involvement on that level. Look, I find it interesting that the same party at the same time is saying they're going to fund this by having a 20% tax on people that go to private schools. So on the one hand, you're going to rob people that go to private schools to pay for middle-class families who go to grammar schools to have free school meals. I'm... I, 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 find, I find the policy disjointed. I, I find the principle, as with all of these Labour policies, I find the principle behind them laudable and I find the reality incredible. Yeah, I, I think with with free meals for education, it's one of the things that has been tempered by my experience. And I look there, and the cost is minimal. I mean, it's, it's a few hundred million, isn't it? A few hundred million, as I see. And whilst that, obviously, we send a lot to the ordinary person in the realms of the education budget, uh, not very much. And, and when I then think of the... Uh, unmeasured social benefit of many many children who we know personally Jeff no yeah who, absolutely who, we've taught who, them yeah who do not who get, have uniforms on the floor for the six weeks who, of their holiday that who, don't get washed who do not get any food before the one meal a day in the evening is it well, well they I'm, get that they get it anyway Pete the, these these kids that you're talking about get it anyway I mean the extension of free school meals to all while uh, uh, the extension of free school meals to all is a great idea in principle because what it does is it means that the kids you're talking about don't feel 
different to though to, to anyone else that they are in school with and and on that level i like it but actually what we should do is just backfund it so i remember when i was in primary school my parents paid for my my school meals i didn't get free school meals but they paid it to the school i didn't go with my money and show that i could afford it and 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 jimmy couldn't um to, to all intents and purposes, we didn't know who could get school meals and who, who could. I think um, I, 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 I like the idea of the social leveller. I don't like the idea of the the, the state funding and subsidising meals for people that can afford them. No, I'm 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 generally trying that probably personal experience rather than principle. Um, but I'm also disgusted at the idea that it cost any parents something like £15 a week to feed their children at school let's take it I, 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 I look at the price of school meals now and I'm truly disgusted when, where, where any institution would charge £1.20 for a banana I think well, well, well actually I mean, and, we, and, we and, can and, talk and, about and, this and, with some authority and it's, and, and, and it's not the free market because kids can't go anywhere else because they, they that, that's the problem else. and now, um, now we, we both work in a I've, I've got those chip shops by schools and then you get a yeah. cheesy chip shop well, well I, I, and that's why I'm going to say fuck you Jamie Oliver, because you 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 have you have destroyed the free market. You create mon- monopoly for cash. Absolutely crushing. But actually, um, look, let, let's just sit here for a moment um, and think about what this does. I mean, we, we've both worked in academies. We've both worked in the same academy, and now I work in a different one. I have to say, one of the big parts where, and maybe we'll disagree about this, where the market has failed is on on the provision of school meals actually I don't want to go about this too long because we are now at the 45 minute mark but um, you know I'm, I only pay 20% more than the kids do um, because I obviously get I obviously have to pay VAT but in the in the canteen at my school these prices are extortionate I, I wouldn't pay that I wouldn't I wouldn't go in the high street I wouldn't pay um, four pound for a meal deal for, for the for the for the pollock and chips that I get so um, I, I, I'm not sure why the kids should pay three pound fifty either so what we're saying is that on this small issue of reasonably international points, Corbyn may have a point. May have a point. Looking at look, looking at school meals, may well, this is the problem, isn't it? it, it it's, a, it's an issue which isn't one of the great issues of our time, I'm afraid. Go on, what's next on our list? Uh, Holt NHS privatisation. Well, no, Jeremy Corbyn, what the fuck does let's, that just, stop, well, let's just stop here for a minute. Who mean? started NHS privatisation? Well, no, well, it was Tony Blair and Gordon Brown, the what PFI does, initiative. What does it and mean? You, and, and you were in his government, not his government, you were in his party, yes, so, yeah. and you voted against it, fair enough, you have a point of principle. But you have to admit that the legacy of the NHS privatisation, if you are that bothered about it, is started by the Labour Party and it has cost this government and it has cost this country a lot of money it has cost us billions upon billions of pounds and it was as I don't know if people know this it was an attempt to keep costs off the books for the government and it failed tremendously and it didn't just fail in in hospitals it failed in schools we have down the road um, not not mile, not a few miles from where we're speaking now at school which was financed by the private financial initiative was opened by Tony Blair funnily enough and um, how many years after 10 is now essentially an empty building and, and, and has cost this government billions of pounds billions of pounds not that particular school but across this country billions of pounds have been squandered by a government who is lauded by people still in the Labour Party now like Chuka Ramuna and, and, and Yvette Cooper who may well rescue their dying movement but they will still lord these things. They will still say these are great achievements, and they are not. They are. They have squandered the wealth of this country to the tune of billions of pounds. Pete, I take you away. What's next on the manifesto, my friend? I, I don't think I need to add much more to that one. Okay, good. Um, 
Well, and not to forget before we move on to the next point that the NHS has been privatised since its inception. Um, GPs have GPs always been pri- private, pri- and most people do not know that. Um, I stuffed their mouths with gold, and I like an Iron Bevan. He's a good British patriot. Um, yeah. But but uh, well, he, he he never liked what was going on with the rest of the socialist movements in the world. Let's put, let's give him that at least. Next thing on the bullet points is bring back the educational maintenance allowance. Now, did you get EMA? When you went six one, uh, didn't exist. I went to six one. I'm that old. I'm afraid that the EMA was brought in the year after I left. Okay, well, I didn't get EMA because of my family circumstances, but people that I was friends with did. And you know what the EMA was meant for? The EMA was meant for books and laptops and pens and pencils. And you know what my friends spent their EMA on? Uh, nice gin and tonic, cream cakes. Um, yeah. and sandwiches and yeah. you know what fine 20% of that goes back into the exchequer but it's a complete waste of money Pete the EMA is a failed policy we shouldn't bring it back ok next um, restore nurses bursaries I haven't got a problem with that uh, I but it's going to cost money I, and where I, are we going to get it from I, I don't want nurses bursaries worth I must say uh, and probably the same as a teacher's probably uh, uh, or, between or, four or, and a half thousand although, although do we have a national shortage of nurses I don't think we do we have a national shortage of doctors, doctors and certainly and you know what we've got a national shortage of doctors um, in my opinion the reason and I, I, I saw um, where was it, Jeff? Where they said the average nurses' salary is now thirty-two thousand or something like that. Uh, we we spoke about the, the question. Time. Was no, it question was on question, question time. time. And, and you know what? Well, actually, a nurse. How? I, I'm sure they train very hard, but their 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 wages are uh, equivalent to that of a teacher. And that you know, the public sector, um, fine, you know, but you know, I think a nurse. Earning on average, on average, which means there are many above as below, earning thirty-two thousand pounds. I think it's that's so, actually quite it's, fair. It seems about reasonable. Seems about right. Let's me? let's move on. Um, so the next one is one hundred and sixty million pounds for a pupil arts fund. Well, well, that's that's nothing. One hundred sixty million is chicken thing. Next, one, next we can, one, we can throw it out there. One hundred one point five billion pound mm. cut in small business tax. And actually, wow. I tell you what, good. I tell you yeah. what, Jeremy Corbyn, my mum is uh, is a small business owner, and she would love for her rates to be tax uh, to, to be cut. Um, and but but I tell you what, I'm not I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I believe. That Jeremy Corbyn is a champion of small business. What about you? Well, well, I don't know what he's a champion of other than you know failureism, but um, yeah, and, and the Irish Republic. Um, next one is chicken veg. Well, what else have we got there that's big? Big. Well, big, let, let, big. Let, let, let's just let's just reel through some of these, and then we'll, then you can yeah. stop me when you think something's significant. Pay rise to the public sector. Well, we're in the public sector. No this thanks. is meaningless phrase. Actually, no I don't thanks. want a pay rise. No I want I want what I do on a daily basis to mean something. No thanks. And if I'm unhappy, I'll go to private sector next. This is an interesting one because I actually agree with this. The renationalisation of the railways. Well. This is a real interesting one in the sense that uh, Britain let did a poll where I think seventy two percent of the British population in favour of the renationalisation of the railways. Um, perhaps maybe you remember British Rail. Uh, that said, no, I'm also in favour of nationalising things where the the the, the fixed um, price or the fixed demand or the fixed demand can't be subject to competition. Mm. You're on railway, someone's got on. Someone's got, and if you're commuting to work, Fine. you've got to get on a but, train. But, but again, you know, when I think about the challenges facing this nation, the railways is well down the list. So, yeah, next. Uh, I, would, I would slightly disagree with that. Um, really? Maybe I'm taking a slightly London-centric view on this. Who but cares about the railways? Well, there, there are a significant amount of people that cool. commute to our capital city yep. as much as... Home counties. As much as we have... Where do they vote, Jeff? Home counties. Conservative Party. Oh, look, at the end of the day... In London. 
It's, it's not going to affect the vote, but I, let's look at the policy. I actually agree with it. Um, I, you know it will take till 2032 to actually implement because the policy is not to buy back the yeah, railways. It's the leases to allow the leases to run out, which, yeah. and actually, you know what, that's actually the more sensible way to do it. But anyway, um, I think that I think actually this is something the Conservative Party could quite happily adopt and it wouldn't seem... Um, the railways is their weakness. They're, they're, they're committed to HS2, which is an absolute farce um, as well. That is something... We'll well, do next podcast. Next but podcast, next but podcast I think we both agree that that should be scrapped. Uh, HS2 and HS3. I mean, but, but, but this is the big problem I'm, I, we're about to have, right? So cool. I'm about to reel off about five or six policies here, okay. which, which nobody could disagree with. End the gender pay gap. If it existed, I'd be in favour of getting rid of it. But yes, ban zero-hour contracts. Well, actually, no, no, I do no. disagree with that. No. I do disagree no, with that. My, 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 my brother's on a zero-hour contract and loves the flexibility to go and do drama performances up the road. Absolutely fast to force people into fixed contracts with commitments. Um, ch- a ch- invent a child obesity strategy. Invent well, one? Well, stop fat kids drinking coke. It's not difficult, is it? For fuck's sake, is this really, is this really a government policy? Kids are fat because they eat too much sugar or consume too much sugar and don't get off their backsides anymore. Everyone mm. knows this. Now, I know this. I've put on three stone in the last year or so. Not because I'm coming in there active. Because you're addicted to the fish in. Because, because I, I go to the fish in and I'm just outstanding place in Clacton to get my half pound cheeseburger or cheesy chips and more importantly a bottle of coke. And it makes me fat. I'm going to try. And it and makes you happy. I'm going to try and lose three stone. But if I don't, I'm not going to sue the fucking government. Actually, for Pete, it. can we? Can we? But more importantly, when, when I was a child, when I was a child, when I was a, a young boy back in the day, my diet was still atrocious. My parents were not bad parents; they're bloody good parents. But all I did was I had you know mini eggs or Smarties or um, bloody you know turkey Twizzlers, heaven forbid. But I spent my day not sitting there, you know, you know, <laughs> masturbating on my PS4. I went out to play football. <laughs> It's not. It's not a difficult. It's not a difficult equation. You know, everyone's got a national obesity strategy. The point is, can you be bothered to do it? At the moment, it's not hindering national productivity, and to converse on it would hinder individual freedom. The sugar mm. tax should go. Absolutely. But, but but everyone should be aware of the danger of which they're not. And the point is that sugar is worse than fat. And most sensible, we will come to this conclusion. Well, the, 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 we, we, we drown most of our food in beef stripping, don't we? Britannia beef stripping. Well, no. When I dripped on my food. I actually stayed slim. Uh, absolutely. Is, the, the issue is I'm drinking half a litre. You know what, actually? Yeah, I, I can, I but, can, but, but, again, but again, national obesity strategy, we, well, no, I'm oppo- no one opposes that. No one opposes this. I, mean, I can actually bring in, uh, I, you know, I listen to... Farce! Farce. <laughs> um, but I, I've listened to Sam Harris' podcast, as you know. He spoke to a chap recently who was... Um, who's a kind of nutritionist, a scientist, and he was, he was talking about what you were talking about. He was saying... Um, you know, essentially, the most um, uh, effective diet for tackling obesity is essentially the Atkins diet. Of course, it is. <laughs> and he he, he slammed against it. Um, it was quite interesting. Um, but, but 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 I'll say this again: if grown adults, children are slightly different, I think. But but if grown adults want to consume lots of sugar, be be thirty two stone, then bloody good luck. To them. And but you know what? This is where perhaps we might disagree. Do we want to tackle the behemoth of the NHS in this podcast? Not today. I think I think I think, I, I, I think that, that I maybe, what, maybe let that, me let me raise its ugly head, and then we'll yeah, um, maybe we'll come back to it in detail. Certainly is ugly. Socialised healthcare is ugly. If, 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 if no no, socialised healthcare. I tell you, we'll go to an hour and a half. Socialised healthcare is inherently ugly. 
because it gives you a stake in other people's Healthcare. life choices. Absolutely, and that is absolutely and, obscene. And and uh, and this is where we agree. And this is where, as a libertarian, would you describe yourself as a libertarian? On health, definitely. Um, certainly on what, so, I, what I always used to say is you should government should not be in the business of legislating taste I remember this right? I'm, I'm quite afraid of legislating taste just not choices well that's what I mean by legislating yeah. taste that's what I mean by that I mean yeah, look well, if it, like, as you just said a minute ago if you want to go to McDonald's five nights a week and you want to eat yourself silly on a New York stack then go uh, nuts but, but this heroes, is where, this, heroes this, of the Imperium maybe we disagree on this let me lay out my well, store on, well, on, on health so I think we both agree that health is a national um, holy cow that nobody wants to talk about and that no politician with a stake in the game will, until they're maybe a 450 seat uh, conservative party, I don't think they'll tackle it but anyway, we need that sort of government to even address these things but I look at the NHS and I think this much like with the nat- much like with the railways that we just talked about that I don't think there should be a profit motive in the, the application of healthcare to people so the people involved in giving out the treatments to people should not have a profit motive because they will let, 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 let's let's roll this back to the very basics if you were a doctor and you had a motive for profit you would essentially advise treatments to people that they didn't need um, you would bump up the costs to the to essentially the consumer at that point and it would be a perverse system so i don't think we should have the applicate i think we should allow the application of healthcare on the private sector but i think we should have a state system of the delivery of healthcare i don't have a problem with the state delivering healthcare in hospitals the problem i have with the nhs and the problem i have with the system we currently have is there is a national religion that the more we pump money into this things from tax and spend the better it will get and it simply will not and and this going back to sugar and going back to the going to mcdonald's every 5 minutes this is why I believe that we should fund the National Health Service through a system of of not national insurance. We should abolish it. It is perverse. It is a jobs tax. It is wrong. What we should do is we should fund the NHS through a system much like, dare I say it, Obamacare, where we have or the or the 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 Affordable Care Act, where essentially only on this sense I can see your face grimacing here, but only in the sense that Obamacare. No, well, look, let's let's depoliticise this for a minute. I thought it was a right wing podcast. Go on, carry on. No, okay, let me tell you why. Do you agree that everyone who drives around on the road should have car insurance? Uh, well, yes, but 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 only because they can cause harm to someone else. Um, yes, but the point being being is they have... Right right, right there, Jeff, Obama falls down... No, 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 I don't believe so. Let me me roll back. As as a driver, I can plough into someone else Yes, but you could pay for your own car. You couldn't pay for the other person's car you drive into. And that's my my point. That's why everyone is forced by law to have car insurance. Because if you crashed into a Audi R8 and you couldn't afford to repair it, you need to have car insurance to repair that person's car that you crashed into right. and I think it's just, it's an element of social responsibility that we are forced to have car insurance and in the same sense I think it's an social. element of social no it is Pete it no, is no, no, no. Look, the, the, look. The, 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 the issue is that, is that car insurance 
can right a wrong to a wronged party. And of course. And what's good about car insurance is that we're all forced to have it so that nobody can get out of it and people can't not supply it to us. We can't have pre-existing conditions. I could have crashed into somebody five times. I could have got a speeding fine. I could have got a driver's awareness course. Someone, somewhere, will still give me car insurance. It might be very expensive, but that's because I've made bad decisions. And I've made bad decisions. And that's exactly why we should fund healthcare in exactly the same way. Because if you choose... To no, 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 but, but, but actually, no, no one funds your car insurance. What are you talking about? The state doesn't pay for your car No, but that's, it, that's what it, I mean. It forces you to have it. It doesn't, it doesn't pay for it. No. And you can't pay no, for it. No, but neither does Obamacare. Maybe the, all that Obamacare does, if you look at the, what the Affordable Care Act is, and in fact, Obama wanted to take it further, and I would have disagreed with this, actually. But what Obamacare did was make it, by law... A, 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 uh, that everyone should have health insurance. Now, that's because you have to fund the system in some way or another. And people come to this, and then there's no money. And they can't get health care. And they don't get health care, and they, they die. And fair enough, you don't pay for it, you die. And I'm actually buying the system. But the point I'm trying to make is, look, I believe in a system where if you want to go to McDonald's seven nights a week, and you want to give yourself coronary heart disease, fair enough. But actually, if you do that, you pay more for your health insurance. Well, no. And if you smoke, I believe you should have the right to smoke and the government shouldn't tell you whether you should smoke or not and the government shouldn't put tax on your cigarettes and make you uh, feel bad for smoking. But if you smoke and it's going to give you cancer, you should pay more for your health insurance. Which, which, which in the private sector they already do. Which they already do. And I think we should pay for our national health care system in the same way. We should abolish... We should abolish national insurance to pay for the National Health Service and we should give people the sense of a social responsibility. If you want to do it, if you want to do these things, I agree, I'm a libertarian, Pete, and you know I am, and you want people to be able to have the choice to do things or another. But we should have the government moralising us and telling us we should do this because it's the right thing to do. We should have the choice in front of us. Do I want to eat McDonald's seven nights a week and have to pay more for my healthcare insurance because I have coronary heart disease, or do I not? That's a real choice. The real we don't have a real choice now because we have to pay uh, national. We have to pay national health insurance, and as you said, it means we are responsible for other people's lifestyle decisions, and I think that's wrong. Well, no, you get no argument here, none whatsoever. And and and, and that's why I favour a system. I, you know, look, I don't think we should have a system like the United States where it's a free-for-all and people should... Well, it's not anymore, but, but where it was a free-for-all and some people would squalor and die and, and have to go into a hospital and feel ashamed to not have an ability to pay for their health care. I think it should be treat first and pay later. I do believe that because I don't want a system where people feel embarrassed that they should go to their doctor because they have a problem. Um, for example, and I'm quite happy to admit this on the podcast, um, uh, but I, I've very recently gone to yeah I've very recently gone to uh, the, my GP for a mental health problem, and if you know um, I wouldn't want to feel embarrassed for to go to my GP because I couldn't afford to pay for it. I would want to be able to go to my GP, but at the same time, um, I, you know, and, and there would be you'd have to think about this on a very very detailed level. I wouldn't have to pay more of my health insurance premiums because I'm suffering depression. But uh, but at the same time, if I'm eating burgers. And I'm smoking, and I'm um, drinking twenty units of, of alcohol every Friday or Saturday. I, I don't actually see the problem with paying more for my health health insurance because I've, it's my choice to addle my liver, and it's my choice to make myself obese. I don't see a problem with that. 
No, I'm 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 with you 100 percent on on that as a. No, we we have tackled the holy cow of international healthcare system. Okay, so okay, I, so I, we, we we just talked about um, obesity and we we do address to the NHS and I, we're largely in agreement. I would really talk to a lot of really like public to, provision of healthcare, I, I, but private funding. Yeah, I, I'd like to talk about the the rest of the the manifesto things that you've talked about, and uh, we'll rattle through these because you've got. Um, plenty of stuff to be talking about. It's stuff, so as teachers, I think we need to talk about grammar it's, school. It's stuff. Well, I think grammar school will come to when we come to Theresa May. Okay, yeah, because we can we can discuss those issues. Um, yeah. Things like you know the the inheritance tax cut. Well, most people in the country think the inheritance tax is an absolutely insidious idea. That's why. I don't only think that, Pete. I think it's evil. What, I think it, I think what, the state. I think the state taxing you your entire working life. No, I'm. I'm, I'm is, really. The state taxing your entire working life is one thing because at least even even Labour. Uh, prime ministers and Labour governments spend this money on public services but you're dead Pete you're dead and you've worked your entire life to better your children and you've paid tax and, be- and you've paid tax your entire That's life right. and you can benefit none no, no, no. from any of these things anymore because you are dead and now they're going to take money off you from your cold dead hands I think it's disgusting I think it's evil and I think we should stay well away from it I think we should abolish it completely not only cut it but I think on a moral principle we should say that we tax your entire working and living life and taking money from your cold dead hands is evil and wrong on that bombshell, Jeffrey, we'll move on. Um, the reversal of the corporation tax has been shown to actually raise less money. I think corporation tax in 2010 was at 26%, raised 40 odd billion. Six years later, it raised 46 billion. I really didn't bring up them. That's gone. And I think but, it should be but, cut to 10. But, but, but the big thing I really want to take on here is the charging of people that use private hospitals and private schools, the 20% tax on private schools. Let's make this very very clear even if you are one of those people my little nephew goes to a private school and so i've got a vested interest in my that niece, sort of my niece but, also goes to a private and your niece uh, but that said i work in a state school and i'll stay working in state schools for all the time that i work in education but the point being is this is that people that use private schools pay for comprehensive education and then do not send their children to it, and then pay for private education as well. On top. So on top of that, they, they support comprehensive education massively, and then do not cost the state anything in their education. And, 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 to, to, and not sorry. only that, Pete, but, but in the process, they are paying people's wages, which goes into the exchequer, they're paying teachers, they're paying VAT, they're, 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 these people, for their own yeah. hard-earned money, yeah. Yeah. Are, re, yeah. are, are, are pumping money back into the exchequer. What, what, what this is again with Jeremy Corbyn is a tax on choice. So, any, any, any more we need to discuss? To and, and this is a really important thing because people are determined now. Um, uh, not that I mean, Jeff, who's with you now, obviously, sent me a video earlier with of, of Douglas Carswell's very, very smug, vain look at me, yep, you keep done video sort of thing. Great, very much. And he made the, 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 the point about technology changing. I'm not as convinced on him as or Dan Hannon that. The fact that you can order a film on Netflix is is going to change much things, but people are quite convinced that they should be able to make their own choices now. That has changed mm-hmm. since the Cold War, and they should be able to send the children to the schools they want. But I think that's they, what they, he meant. They, by they, they they should go to no, no, he did. But then with that, then he says that the state should be completely abolished. I'm not much of a 19th century liberal like Douglas Carswell. Douglas Carswell supports nationalism in the sense that he can abolish it. He he, he, he he would be as happy fighting for, let me think of this, the anti-corn law league as he would be for the United Kingdom. Um as would Dan Hannon. Can I can I 
disagree with that. Feel free. I d- well, I, I, look, I don't like the state, Pete. I don't. I look, and and I know you're naturally suspicious of this anyway. I mean, part of the reason you don't like where Theresa May is going with this, and we'll come on to her momentarily. Yeah, quickly, but, yeah. but 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 the but the good that government can do, the good the good that government can do, Pete. We're historians. We're historians primarily of the twentieth and nineteenth centuries. Yes. Can, how much good can you think that government has done? What since when? Since since in let, let's take the last two hundred years, Pete. Oh, lots. Okay, go on. What well, good things the government's done? Good things the government's done. Um, that that weren't the 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 the, 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 the free market. Yeah. Yeah. Um, children down coal mines. The free market would not stop that. Um, so that that'd be one. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give that, you that. That you know, that my head. I'm no energy um, sensible regulator. The the, the 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 mercantile system, mercantilism. That would not be ended without the state smashing mechanicalism, which would be devastating for people these days as well. Um, but this isn't. Like, the, I, I agree not, on not, these not, things. Not the first, but the Second World War, uh, a vital war that we had to fight eventually, and therefore can only be directed by the state. No, and and on those things, I don't think we disagree. But we we both know that that's not what Theresa May means by the good the government can do. I think that we, oh, we, we both that. believe is right. We, we know we both believe is look. My favourite prime minister of all time. I was, I was, I was, yeah, yeah, but I was talking about Dan Hannon and uh, what you think? They, what you think they want the demise of 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 government to that? Do we? No, no, but no, 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 no. no. I, I, my my uh, assertion was that Douglas Carswell, and now I think about it at some sort of depth, Dan Hannon, um, are in the great debate of nationalists versus globalists, are globalists. Um, perhaps so. I mean, if you and, look at... And, 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 and they they that believe that... Uh, and no, actually, if we unpick that a little bit, if you look at Dan Hannon, he wants, he wants ultimately the success of the European Union. Yes, and world trade, free trade, world regardless, trade, free regardless trade. of what actually, Britain, yeah, globalist. We've got his book right there. What about you right are now? Are you not a globalist? Of course, I'm not a globalist. No, well, there. not even from the point of view of free trade. Because uh, I well, think well, I, well, 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 free trade with China. No, 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 no. This is an important point to make. I think um, here we we definitely don't. Yeah, no, certainly. I, um, I, I, I am of the Dan Hannon school of thought. I, I don't want to see the immediate demise of the European Union. I would like to see the demise really? of the... N- not the immediate demise of the European Union. The, I would like to the see... The evil empire. I would like to... Abso- we talked about this last time briefly, but I would like to see the demise of the European Union as a political entity. I wouldn't like to see the demise of the European Union from the point of view that I don't want the people on our doorstep impoverished. And I don't want to the, see... They're being I, rich by it, wouldn't they? Well, they would, but, they but but not a rapid not a rapid demise of the European Union. Short term so. pain, long term gain. Oh, I, I you're, think you're, you're in favour of us going over a cliff, aren't you? Uh, actually, yes, I am. Short term yeah. pain, long term gain. Yeah, why, why, why not the same true for Greece, Bulgaria, well, I, I think France? But because I think these these countries are far more entwined in the into the system than we ever have been. Okay. Uh, I think we we are able in the position that we're in now to to cast ourselves out globally. If um, well, actually. Maybe I'm talking myself into a hole. I remember when the Greece issue was going on, we had we both of us advocated that the best thing for Greece would be to leave the European Union and reinstate the draft. Certainly. No, so I, maybe I, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm talking myself into okay. circles. Let's, maybe let's, I am. Let's, let's move on to this on to it. But uh, I'm ge- generally before we move on, I generally am a free trade man. Well, I, I'm genuinely a free trade man. I'm just not the smug Douglas Carswell. I'm afraid. Um. 
Oh, no, I mean, that video I sent you earlier, just to summarise for people that oh, still, no, no, still no, no, listening, no. I, I, I largely agree. I mean, the point of what he was trying to say was that the left, the left he was talking about, social democracy, is facing a real crisis. Agreed. I think it's facing a real crisis mainly because it doesn't have the pulse of people's real concerns, Agreed. actually. I think that's the main reason. But I don't deny what he was saying, which is that also... You know, in a world where the left and the social de- democratic movement believes that government can do things for people and fix everybody's lives, I think he is right in saying that a lot of where the the, the, the public opinion has shifted is that people believe that actually they want to they should do things themselves and that government should get out of the way. I, I do think there is a public, I do think there is a shift towards that opinion. No, I I, I concree. Uh, sorry, agree. Uh, concur wholeheartedly with that approach. My more worry with both Hannah and Carswell is that they believe the Brexit vote is something that it was not, as in some sort of open-minded free trade, um, not open borders, but nudge, nudge, wink, wink, whoever we need, and sort of thing. I they, they don't strike me as either. And I love Dan Hannah particularly. I've got a uh, car as well because of his smugness about leaving his seat in Clacton. Uh, uh, but I've got a lot of time for Dan Hannon. <coughs> a lot of time for Dan Hannon. But I'm not sure um, he is in the in the final analysis uh, a nationalist who would stand behind the flag for the sake of standing behind the flag. And I think the great the great mystique of nationalism is that when push comes to shove, you'll stand by the flag regardless of the logical arguments of stand by the flag it's, it, it is the nature of nationalism so to give a good example historically Enoch Powell uh, who believed who believed that we would lose World War 2 who believed that we would we were doomed to failure in this regard yet still came from his cushy job as a professor in Sydney in Sydney to, Australia and it, he enlisted well, in the army and fought the Nazis they uh, I would not. The, the, that to you is the I, definition. I, of I, I, I would not insult the memory of Enoch Powell by comparing them to such relative lightweights like Dan Haddon and Douglas Carlyle. Enoch Powell was the greatest patriot of the, uh, of the 20th century that this country ever had. Anyway, on that bombshell. Let's throw it open. I'll, name me out there, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it. I'm not going to hear bleats about a racist, a man that left his comfortable room to come and fight the Nazis. If anyone thinks that Enoch Powell wasn't the finest page of the 20th century, then name me one. I mean, Churchill might say, but he had said far more racist things than, than Enoch Powell ever did. Uh, I, I agree. Um, so if racism is your criteria, I suppose that Tony Benn's your greatest page of the 20th century, that's farcible. Not necessarily. I mean, I, 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 if you're going to run a poll of the greatest parliamentarians of the 20th century, give me five that knock Enoch out of the top five. I can't. Give, give me more. Well, no, obviously not. You wouldn't because you're a well-read man. Well, well, I, 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 but, I, I but, think Jacob Rees-Mogg is but, there. But, <laughs> He's on his way. Well, yeah, yeah, no, but we, we, we put him firmly in the 21st century. Yeah, we, 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 was he elected in 97 2001? 2001. Yeah, 2001. Not, not 20th century man. Took over from his father, I believe, didn't he? So, uh, his father was there at the times. Um, he was a bad egg. But but anyway, we'll, we'll come to that another time. If, if anyone had the can name me a greater British patriot in Parliament than Enoch Powell in the 20th century, then I'll happily debate that. We'll knock him out the top five. Um, then I'll happily hear them. Um, 
Uh, and it's interesting that you know Simon Heffer wrote a great biography of Enoch uh, a few years ago that's starting to border on revisionism. And perhaps now, once we leave the European Union and we see the ideas of Paulism come to the fore, and Benism, you know, Tony Benism, um, the one thing they're united on, it'll be, yeah, interesting, it'll be interesting in 15 years where Enoch Powell's reputation lies. I've always been sympathetic to him because of the way that the left wing insists he's taught at schools. Um, but the, 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 but the rivers of blood speech yeah, was made on Hitler's but, birthday. But I he, mean, what insinuation he, that's meant to he, make about a man that, that that put his life on the line to fight the Nazis? Yeah, I don't he, know. He, 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 he gave a very very uh, controversial speech. He gave a very um, uh, insensitive speech, perhaps. But I remember seeing the uh, the provisional observation project in the opinion polling sixty four to eighty four percent in agreement. I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I'll say it loud and clear: um, if you can name me a finer British painter in the twentieth century or one that knocks him out of the top five, I'll hear it. I suspect if you ask the British public, there wouldn't be one. Perhaps not. Um, Tory manifesto. Must well, very very quickly before we move on, maybe is it worth talking about the? Um, the greatest of Enoch. The great what well, always. Um, also Cecil Rhodes. Um, Bloody good air. Yeah, absolutely. Slabs of meat and what else was it? Chain smoking cigarettes. Chain smoking cigarettes. That sounds like someone at this table. Um, anyway. I miss them days dearly. The last thing on the Labour Manifesto, that I think, uh, the leaked Labour Manifesto. Okay. Two things, actually. Sure, that's three. Three, three things. <laughs> three things. Uh, if you're listening, we're doing this. Uh, yeah. No one's going to get that, by the no, way. No. Inside joke. No, carry um, on. Moving carry swiftly on. on. <laughs> um, no. Um, qu- <laughs> um, uh, now, Labour want to cast this as a tax freeze for those below eighty thousand. Although it is essentially going to be a tax rise for those above eighty thousand. Now, I find this. Let me just put some of my piece before you get in, because I know you have something to say about this. I find this utterly hilarious considering two weeks ago two weeks ago we laughed around this table around this microphone about Jack Dromley who, <laughs> who, who in a Daily Politics interview said that the rich was above 70,000 yeah. until he realised that he earned above 70,000 <laughs> so now it's jumped up to 80,000 which funnily enough and ironically and conveniently falls slightly above what MPs are paid. To, to, Moving swiftly on. To, to, to briefly link to our previous conversation, Judas was paid. <laughs> I have made it a sacrifice. So, so, so the pious, <laughs> the, the, the pious Labour um, MPs who believed that those above 70,000 two weeks ago were rich, now when they realise they earn this amount, believe that it's slightly above what they um, earn. What, 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 what I worry about, I mean, must move swiftly on. Yeah, because we are approaching another yeah, three yeah, podcasts, no, which we promised we weren't no, going to do. We must move swiftly to talk manifesto. What must be addressed in this country, and the Tories aren't doing it either, and they're still fetishising it, is... We must stop this nonsense that paying tax is noble. Taxation is the state well, by by the threat of the force of law taking money off you to spend on other people. Yep. Now, there's lots of things that the state must do, uh, even to, to, to relatively right-wingers like us. It must enforce the rule of law. That requires courts and the police service. It must defend the realm. That requires a military. It must provide, in the 20th century or 21st century, an adequate level of educational health care. Fine, and, 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 and I think but, even we would accept but, some form of social safety net. Even we would accept that. But anything beyond that, 
is this sort of and that mean, that is the good that government can is, do is, 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 and is, that is, is, is this morale this, this, this moral crusade that everyone must pay the most tax of tax available oh, it's nonsense Pete and, and, let's and, just let's just take some facts shall we I've got the spectator in front of me it's been quite a useful source of information this evening um, you probably know off the top of your head how much of the income tax burden do the top 1% pay uh, 26% isn't 27 you're 27%, 27%. 27% I mean don't one think, in every don't, 4 don't, pounds don't, is paid one, by the top 1% 1% of this country pays 27% of the income tax Pete seems they, perfectly they, reasonable they, and it's higher than it's ever been seems perfectly under a conservative government and that seems perfectly seems reasonable perfect. to me Actually, and you know what Pete it sounds outrageous actually when I think about it it's far too much yeah it sounds far, far too much, much. Pete if I if I had to go out to work every day and work my nads off, I don't care. I, kn- I know that people that earn a lot of money, um, in terms of blood, sweat and tears and calories, probably don't work much harder than I worked last week, 104 hours a week. But what they did do is they educated themselves, they worked hard, they made the right decisions, and they deserve every penny that they earn. Good and, and good luck to them. And my uncle was one of them who probably has a net worth of about £50 million. And to, to think that every year 45 pence in the pound that he earns goes to the exchequer disgusts me. Disgust me, Pete. Forty-five. I wouldn't go out to work to forty to, to give forty-five pence in the pound away. 40, I wouldn't go no, and do it. No, no. Forty-five pence in the pound. That's under right. Conservative government. And just quickly on the point that you were making, we must go on to the Philip members. Hammond. You were saying Suffer it's it's seen as some kind of virtuous thing to pay tax in the exchequer. I'm just going to read this this um, uh, segment, which just covers the point that you made. Philip Hammond, the Chancellor, has started to talk about tax that hasn't been levied as being a cost to the Treasury. A strange idea which implies that the Treasury has a right to everyone's money and that the money that the state decides not to take is somehow granted to the taxpayer. And that is the fundamental problem with the view of tax that has been taken in the last decade, probably even more than that. Um, uh, Okay. We can move on to Theresa May. Well, let's, because actually... I probably uh, disagree with any, more of Theresa any, May's any, manifesto any, than the any, Labour one we yeah, just read. Any, in, any, in principle. Well, look, look. The, the Labour Party one in principle is great, but look, no one's going to elect an unpatriotic, pacifist nutter to the, the head of the country. He he could, he could as a policy... Um, and by the way, uh, he left, left off that list that was published on Twitter is the £250 billion he's promised to borrow. Half a million. Well, half, no, that's the total half, cost. No, sorry, half a trillion, isn't it? That's the total cost oh, of all of the policies. Yeah. But the two hundred fifty billion. billion that he's promised to borrow for infrastructure investment is completely left off. Nobody wants to talk about it. Oh, so that, that'd be three quarters of a trillion. No, no, no. That's including that's the five hundred. Okay, fair but, the, but the five hundred yeah, billion yeah. is not being broadcast. No, of course not. All that's being broadcast is the cost of these policies because people but, they think well, people will happily pay for the policies, but the two hundred fifty billion of infrastructure investment is completely not talked about. But anyway, no, no, this this is all very well and good. But the Labour Party could promise to, to 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 cure cancer, pave the streets of gold, and send us all to the land of milk and, and honey. Build new Jerusalem. They're, they're, they're not going to win the general election because the British public are not buffoons. But what they are prone to perhaps is that hideous the least worst option and the problem is and, mm. and what I don't understand is the Tories have the opportunity right now to be the best option they can be progressive if you excuse the term on the big issue today the National Health Service law order. education law and order and Brexit but yet Theresa May is told to present them as not as bad as Jeremy Corbyn it'll be enough it'll win the election by a mile but had we been looking at 
Uh, I tell I'll be really controversial. How do you been looking at William Hague's manifesto in in uh, 01? What it? I would give Pete versus Michael Gove. Versus Theresa May's manifesto now. I think Theresa May's manifesto is not uh, what doesn't provide, you know, she, she doesn't write about the short term, she won, provides no medium term, let alone long term solutions to the real issues that affect real people in the country, and that is housing and law and order. There is nothing in there to re, re you know, to, how does anyone in this country on minimum wage or, or even slightly above buy a house in this country? They never will. Well, the low part of nothing to say about that, of course, they, they, they want council housing for everyone. Fair enough, that's their position. But the Conservative Party should does nothing, has done nothing for those people. You know, I can afford it. I, I live here. We record this right now. My church two down. I'm yeah, 120 down. But I'm a, I'm a reasonably well qualified professional, earning half decent money. How does anyone on, you know, 12, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 22, 25, up to me 30 grand? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even funny. But, I don't but, think but, people have. thirty thousand pound could afford what, a house. What 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 are they doing? Uh, on on the on um, industry, she's talking about subsidising the state again on energy markets. I well, think uh, the, 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 the Theresa May is going. This is the last thing I'll probably say on, on this podcast. Theresa May, because uh, we'll pick this up the next one. Theresa May is going to win a stonking majority, and she's going to win over four hundred seats. That is my prediction, and she'll do very very well. What I worry about is that the whole philosophy and reason to vote for conservatism is atrophying and will die a hideous death once the progressive side on the left, which they will, they're not going to be fucking incompetent forever, once they will, come the next election, what, what is there to vote for if all you become is a soft and muzzy centrist? And that is my last uh, view on this. Theresa May, over 400 seats, the Conservatives, run amok, Lib Dems, literally abolished Labour literally abolished Plaid Cymru the SNP not back she'll secure the Union perhaps not Northern Ireland but at what cost this sort of mushy better than the Labour Party game isn't a long term success strategy I want to vote for a party that I generally want I don't want in the French system where you vote for who you want yeah. least yeah. Uh, and Theresa May seems to me to be going that way. Right. Last word, Jeffrey, is all yours. Well, I have to say, between this podcast and the last one we had, I I said, and I, I actually remember saying it, I put myself on record as being willing to be called naive about Theresa May, and I think I've been proven naive. I think two weeks ago, I was probably caught up in uh, some uh, jubilation at the idea that we were going to secure uh, the election had just been called we were looking at a decimation of the Labour Party in the local elections we were looking at a Brexit being delivered and I was and I was incredibly optimistic and I liked uh, look I did I do and I still do like some things about Theresa May personally I do like the idea that she's a grammar school girl I do like the idea, and we could talk about grammar schools in a minute, actually, because this is one thing we want to talk about. Um, I do like the idea she's a grammar school girl. I do like the idea that she has, uh, you know, some some um, kudos and some pedigree as a um, someone who is not a David Cameron, is not an Etonian, is not. I like all of those things, but actually, I've become quite glum, especially in the last week, 
to the idea that we're going to have a Conservative Party that is going to raise the national debt by another 175 billion. We're going to have a Conservative Party that is going to take another Just say that slowly, Jeff. A Conservative government increasing the national debt by 175 billion. We're going to have a Conservative Party that billion. raises the tax billion. We're going to have a Conservative Party that raises the tax burden by another hundred and thirty billion pounds a year. Well, I mean, I mean I, as you mentioned, this, the, the, the tax rise that she's got planned are Ed Miliband, and and, and, this, and, is uh, the, and this is the problem. Ed Miliband would win the current election against Jeremy Corbyn, and we all knew that Ed Miliband would be a disaster. Well, and let's take the let's take the fuel I, price. I I, I I really hope that. Come the election, there will be plenty of what we could call hardliners, but what reality are. You know? I'm like, no, I'm genuinely quite glum. And let's just take the adoption of this fuel price cap yeah. as an example. Now, I do accept, and I don't think you do, but I do accept the slight distinction between what the media is saying is a straight swap copy policy from Ed Miliband to the Tory manifesto. I don't think that's quite true. I think a cap saying that there's a ceiling to the price that you can charge people is eminently more sensible than saying we're going to freeze it exactly what it is right now. Well, it's the same thing. It's not because... A, a ceiling it, is a freeze. It, it, well, it can, in a sense, it can in essence become one, but the point... The, 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 no, but the difference is, Pete, is that of, in the current policy that's being proposed, Ofgem would be able to move the... Move the um, did, did, did Ed Miliband propose a maximum price for fuel? No, he proposed to cap it at what it was at that point. For, for 18 months. Yeah, so, but, the, but but then, given the circumstances, it was proved eminently stupid because ooh. very quickly after that, the price of oil went down by two-thirds and it would have been a lot cheaper. Yeah. That's why a freeze is dumb. And I do agree that there is a slight distinction between what that what the, that proposal and what's being proposed now. Why, and I will go into why I still why, think it's bad. Why not just go straight to the cap? Well, I'll come to that in a sec. Honestly, I'll come to that and I'll address that. I do think it's slightly more sensible than freeze because if you freeze it at a high price and it goes lower, you're going to make everybody pay a high price. What they're saying now is that we will have Ofgem, give Ofgem the powers to set a maximum price. Now, I think that what will happen very quickly is that people that... Maximum price for an internationally tradable commodity that we have no control over. What will happen very quickly is as a result of that the maximum price will become the minimum price and we will end up with one tariff that is expensive for the poorest poorest people in the country the poorest people in the country yeah and I agree and I think it's a bad policy for that reason absolutely ghastly I think it's a bad policy for that very reason it's bad because David Cameron told us it was bad and he was spot on when he said it it was Marxist no 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 no, 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 Marxist it's you cannot regulate things that are beyond your control. It's like saying I'm going to regulate 19 hours of sunlight in the in the county of Essex. You can say what you want. It's not going to happen. And for anyone, I mean, let, let me ask you this, Jeff, as, as one of our final discussions here. Theresa May's manifesto, take out Brexit, what does Tony Blair disagree with? The silence I'm about to give you will speak many volumes. And that should worry anyone who's a right pair of Berks. Indeed. And that's my last comment on this podcast.
Last word is, I said it again, but the last word is still yours, Jeffrey. We've had this. Uh, okay, so um, when will we get together again, Peter? I imagine now... Certainly before the election. Certainly, certainly before the election, election, try and... Well, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have um, not leadership debates because uh, we've avoided these. Not well, I, I, I think we'll have a podcast after the manifestos, one just before the election and one either during or just after. That sounds perfectly reasonable to me. Indeed. Because our... Think- our, our, our 70 listeners obviously who are waiting with bated breath for this uh, next instrument I, 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 I genuinely pity every single one of you <laughs> you've now wasted get a it. job seriously get a job well, yeah indeed or, so, stop, or stop being taught by us well I think on that one I'll shake your hand again Jeffrey yeah, pleasure for the podcast it's and thank good. you if anyone who's bothered listening thank you for listening yeah again lovely <laughs>